Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hit it! Constitutional America simply cannot survive four years of Biden-Harris-Sanders. Stand by. The doors of the newsroom are locked and the PC police not getting in, so sit back and relax. We unfold today's edition of The Legend. More man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Know what the president's gonna do. Stop Change tape, it. stop tape. This is Joe Biden with a mask on, mansplaining to the female reporters uh, what the president is going to do vis a vis the next debate, debate number two. Mansplaining. I had to look this one up. What is a mansplain? And, and how do we come up with these? I won't even dignify mansplaining with a word as a word. Because clearly it is some sort of dig at males, 49% of the population, and probably a dig at white males more than anything else, which is the majority of the um, population that founded this republic, of course. And um, any attack that the mainstream media and the Democrat Party can do on the founders of this republic, they're going to do it. And so all of a sudden we have this term out there called mansplaining. And it, it popped up post-vice presidential debate, and I had to look it up because I have no clue what a mansplain is. I've heard of manscaping. I've heard of a man-witch. I remember a man-witch from probably the 80s. I think it was a sloppy Joe, right? Speaking of sloppy Joe, here's Joe Biden with a mask on. Um trying to interpret what the President of the United States is going to do because the debate commission, in its infinite wisdom, has now thrown a curveball at both campaigns, frankly. But the curveball is really aimed at the 45th President of the United States. And so the debate commission has come out and said that debate number two is going to be a, quote, virtual debate, which means it's not going to be a debate at all. It means it's going to be a Zoom meeting. Why would they do something like this? Well, ostensibly, they can look at the president and say, look, he's got COVID-19. We can't have him uh, within 400 feet of the Democrat candidate. And by the way, side note here, CDC comes out and admits that what we've been talking about now since, I don't know, April, that the Wuhan coronavirus is often spread in aerosol form. What does that mean? It means those 
particulates are smaller than droplets. Say, for example, if you sneeze, aerosols can just hang in the air. And that's how the Wuhan coronavirus can, not always, but can be transmitted. Therefore, wearing a mask and staying six feet apart is almost useless. Now, the CDC will say that if you have an N95 mask, that it can filter out these aerosol Wuhan coronavirus. The problem is the CDC also says that you and me, we're not allowed to have N95 masks. It's got to be reserved for uh, healthcare personnel. So, so you're on your own, American people. Wear a mask even though it's useless. So this is the duplicious guidance from the CDC we're getting. And that is, wear a mask, but it's absolutely useless. And that's been proven now time and time again. When you look at the numbers, I posted them on my social media sites, I think in particular Twitter. When you look at these mask mandates, and then you look at the rate of spread of the Wuhan coronavirus, the mask mandate, like in California, was issued on June 18th, and then you see a spike after that. So if the mask works, why is there a spike? But it's not just California. You see it time and time again, whether it's uh, statewide numbers or large city or county numbers, like Los Angeles, same thing. If you kind of drill down and you look at what's been going on in Los Angeles, mask mandate, draconian, anti-liberty, anti-constitutional, shutdown, stay-in-your-home mandates, the rates go up. Because it's intuitively wrong what we're doing in this country. We're locking up the healthy and we're not protecting the vulnerable. We saw it with Governor Cuomo in New York, who I thought should be brought up on criminal charges. I still believe that. Accessory to murder, putting healthy people, uh, mixing healthy people with sick people in these old folks' homes. Uh, that's exactly what you should not be doing, but that's exactly what he did. They did it in California as well, and they've done it in other states, mostly blue states. Meantime, they're telling children who are almost immune to this thing, and if they do get it, it's a 99.9% recovery rate. They're telling parents, hey, don't send your children to school. It's exactly where they should be, not only to learn and be, quote, normal, and not this mask nonsense and separation and these plexiglass barriers that we saw during the vice presidential debate, and more on that in a minute. Uh, but these kids need to be helping to establish herd immunity. This is the only way we overcome this as a society. Yes, a vaccine is going to help, but what percentage of the population is going to take a ba- vaccine, especially a new one? Maybe about 25%. So we need natural herd immunity in conjunction with a vaccine. So you get you know, 25%, 30% of the population taking the vaccine, and then you get about 25 30% of the population helping to establish herd immunity by having antibodies like the President of the United States has right now. Worst nightmare of the mainstream media. The President of the United States has the Wuhan coronavirus antibodies. He doesn't have to wear a mask. <laughs> he doesn't have to social distance. That's <laughs> great. But if you get 25%, 30% of the population taking the vaccine, 25 30% with the antibodies through natural herd immunity, 
then you've hit critical mass as a society. And that's where we should be going. But if old sloppy and senile Joe gets elected president of the United States, he's going to issue a national mask mandate. Based on what, sloppy and senile Joe? Based on what law? Where in the Constitution can you show me? Where in the Constitution does it give you the power to issue a national mask mandate? It doesn't. It doesn't. And by the way, this is a state-by-state issue. This really, the Wuhan coronavirus has been a great example of federalism and and the way the the framers kind of wanted it to work. Unfortunately, um, it's been weaponized. And I will take it to the grave that the government response to the Wuhan coronavirus in these blue states, and we still see it today in California and New York, this draconian response was designed to do one thing and one thing only. Nothing to do with the health and safety of its population. Everything to do to harm the re-election chances of Donald Trump. And to allow the Democrat nominee like Joe Biden here to criticize the economy, which was going great guns a year ago at this time. Everything was great. And it was looking like Donald Trump was going to cruise to re-election. Ah, but then we had the Wuhan coronavirus and the Democrat response, which was orchestrated to harm the re-election chances of Donald Trump. Joe Biden now is happy as a clam that the debate commission has come out and said that it needs to be a virtual debate. Because he knows this will help him. It won't allow Donald Trump to interrupt, for example, and say, hey, wait a minute, that's not true. Because have you ever tried to do that on a, like, in a connection like FaceTime or in a Zoom meeting or, or something? You step on each other. You interrupt. And he goes, ah, 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 ah. It's not going to work. And Joe Biden knows it. The debate commission knows it. His campaign knows it. Yet he's trying to be very, very coy here. Roll tape mind every second so for me to comment on that now would be irresponsible Stop the thing. What would, what's irresponsible about commenting about a debate it's irresponsible for you to team up with bernie sanders and have this manifesto to crush liberty and crush freedom and crush the free markets in this republic that is irresponsible we're talking about a debate here sloppy joe senile joe we're talking about talking about the issues. How is that irresponsible for you to comment on? The president has come out and he has said firmly that if it's a virtual debate, forget about it. He's not going to do it. And the president is dead on target. That's exactly what he should be doing and exactly what he should be saying. Maybe he's mansplaining. I don't know. Is that mansplaining? Apparently mansplaining um, includes uh, men being demeaning to women. So this is a, you know, it's a negative. So anything Donald Trump says is going to be mansplaining, according to the mainstream media um, and the Democrat Party. Uh, well, let me do some mansplaining, I guess, here regarding the vice presidential debate between Kamala, Kamala, Kamali Harris uh, and Mike Pence. And I think Mike Pence did a, a, a good job. You have to remember that Mike Pence's demeanor is very understated. And so He's not going to come off like Donald Trump and kind of in your face, um, busting your you know what, uh, as a New Yorker would. He's not from New York. Donald Trump's from New York and he's busting, you know, people's backs, if you will. Mike Pence is Midwest and he's he's more sedated. 
He's a smart guy. He's a conservative through and through. He's a patriot. Uh, he's a, a Christian and believes in uh, the sanctity of life. He's everything that Kamala Harris is not, effectively. I, I missed certain elements of the debate, or I should say the moderator missed certain elements. By the way, the moderator um, sat on the topics and, and did not release them ahead of time. So effect, I don't know if she did privately to the campaigns, but we didn't know going in what, quote, the topics were. But yeah, they're pretty predictable, COVID. And of course, you know, um, how about uh, Donald Trump being a white supremacist and all those kind of loaded? And, and what happens if the president does not leave the White House if he loses the election? <laughs> These crazy, stupid, loaded questions. I didn't see um, these points hammered home about uh, the radical Kamala Harris, that she's going to come after guns. She is a proponent of, if she were elected president, and she's going to go to Joe Biden and say the same thing, she's a proponent of an executive order to curtail the Second Amendment. That wasn't made clear during this debate. Uh, The Green New Deal did come up, uh, and I think uh, Vice President Pence did a pretty good job at this, but the bottom line is the thing that I see missing here regarding climate change, and they talk about the Paris Climate Accord and climate does climate change exist? In my opinion, what you need to do in a situation like that on national television is say, of course, climate change exists. It exists when the sun goes up, the climate changes, the sun sets, the climate changes. The climate has been changing for 5,000 recorded years tens of millions of years on this earth before mankind, but for 5,000 or so recorded years of mankind, yes, the climate has always changed. And the climate changed when we had the Ice Age and when the Ice Age ended. How do you think the Ice Age ended? What this climate change is about is a political maneuver. The Paris Climate Accord is nothing more than an attempt to rape The United States of America, i.e. the people, rape, take away our money and give it to a third world country. That's it. That's what they need to say. And I don't know why politicians are not saying something simple like that, because that's what it is. That's the truth. It's a giant scheme to redistribute wealth. So the Green New Deal came up and and did it make Kamala look like the radical that she is? I don't know. Uh, Open borders didn't come up. She is a through-and-through amnesty for all illegals, open borders. And this is important. It's hugely important. What is more important than the security and the sovereignty of the United States of America? And and finally, if if the Harris-Biden-Sanders ticket wins, government's going to be weaponized, not unlike when Barack Obama was in office and how he tried to fix the outcome of the 2016 election cycle in the greatest political scandal in the history of this republic. But they're going to weaponize, they're going to double down on that. They're going to weaponize the CIA against innocent Americans. They're going to weaponize the FBI against innocent Americans on down the line. And this should be chilling for Americans. The ACA is an important issue for a lot of reasons. But to me, it's more symbolic of where we are as a nation. When the question is asked, you want to do away with the ACA, Mr. President or Mr. Vice President, and you're in court trying to 
strip it down right now? The, the answer to that should be, well, what is your alternative? The answer to that should be you. You're the alternative. The doctors are the alternative. The free market is the alternative. Return the relationship between doctor and patient. And that is going to fix this. Get rid of all these layers and layers and layers of government that Obamacare infused into the healthcare system of this country. Get rid of all that and costs will go down. Costs went up because of Obamacare. It's that simple. Just explain it to the American people like that. I mean, that kind of works because in the end, it's the truth. It's the truth about the medical system in this country, and it's the truth about the free market system uh, in this country. And then, of course, the issue of packing the courts, packing the Supreme Court in particular. Uh, If uh, Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed and does take a seat on the Supreme Court, it's crucially important for the election, this election, and future elections potentially, But the question that is asked of Kamala Harris and Joe Biden that they're refusing to answer is, um, if she is installed on the Supreme Court, are you going to pack the court then to try and skew it in in the Democrat-slash-liberal direction? The answer is, of course they are. Of course they are. No matter whether she is installed on the court or not. And so Joe Biden was trying to get a black and white kind of answer out of Kamala Harris. And of course, she like any good radical, she dodged and she lied her way out of it. Roll tape. For a lifetime. Thank you, Senator Harris. People, Susan, are voting right now. They'd like to know if you and Joe Biden are going to pack the Supreme Court if you don't get your way in this nomination. Stop tape. So... The answer is, uh, Mr. Vice President, yeah, they're going to pack the Supreme Court, whether they see Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court or not. This is their goal. It's been the goal since FDR when he tried it. And now they experimented with the D.C. Court of Appeals, and it worked. Obama packed that court, raised the uh, number of liberals on the court so they can have the desired outcomes on these appellate hearings. And they want to do the same thing on the Supreme Court. We've had nine justices on the Supreme Court for about 150 years. It's not a perfect system and it's not a perfect number. But the bottom line is, if Amy Coney Barrett is the constitutionalist, the constructionist that we believe that she is, she's going to be a great addition, maybe the greatest addition to the Supreme Court since Justice Scalia and or Clarence Thomas. And that's what the court needs that's what these, this constitutional republic needs more than anything else. And so why is this so important and, and why is Mitch McConnell on the right track here to try and get Amy Comey Barrett um, confirmed on the Supreme Court in time for this election cycle? Because you can see where this is headed, right? The main reason, there's two reasons why Schumer and Pelosi and company don't want to have her confirmation process go forward. This phony excuse that the American people need to disguise is, or d- decide is phony. Number one, 
She's a constructionist, apparently, and, and that means she has fidelity to the United States Constitution. They hate that. But number two, they see what's coming down the pike here. And this kind of closes the circle on all of this. What's coming down the pike is a potential court settlement of the 2020 presidential election. Of course, we don't want that. It's hyper-constitutional. It's anti-constitutional. The third branch of government has no role whatsoever in the electoral process, yet that is where the Democrats want to send this thing, just like in 2000, only in spades. And we know the Biden campaign have got all these lawyers lined up in these key states like Arizona and uh, what other swing states? Uh, Wisconsin and Florida, uh, North Carolina. They're all standing by. They're standing by for their marching orders to drill down into certain counties and, and figure out whether these mail-in ballots arrived in time and how they're going to be counted, if they're going to be counted, and for how long we're going to be counting. And they're going to go judge shopping. They already have their judges lined up. They get their Obama judges or their Clinton judges, and they'll say, hey, let's go to this judge, and this judge will rule in our favor and say, nope, got to keep counting ballots until Christmas. This is kind of where we're headed here. And, of course, you can't keep counting ballots till Christmas because we do have a system in place where the electors have to officially announce where they're going before Christmas, but you get my point. My point is they want to throw the system into utter chaos and they want to force the third branch of government to have a role in a process, an electoral process, that it has no role, no constitutional role whatsoever. And this is why I have suggested to the state legislatures they get on the ball now and they pass laws now and they say, hey, listen, this, this is the way we're handling electors in our state. And the the third branch of government, the court, has no role here. None whatsoever. So these rulings out of Pennsylvania, for example, have no bearing. They're, they're meaningless. And the legislature needs to come out and specifically say, state that. When you look at the electoral map right now, if you believe the numbers that we're seeing, they've got Biden at 188. Now, 270 is to win, right? 188, and they've got Trump. This is solid. And they've got Trump at 88. Um, but if, if they predict states the way they think they're predict, predicting them, they've got Biden at 290 and Trump at 163. I don't believe this. Uh, but I do believe that we're going to be looking at some key states on election night and, and post-election night. Uh, Nevada, Arizona, uh, possibly Colorado, um, Pennsylvania, Florida, I think Georgia. I don't know what to make of Georgia right now. North Carolina, even Iowa um, could be in play uh, when you didn't think it would be, but uh, apparently it might be. Now, there are a lot of states that are leaning red, um, like, uh, for example, uh, Indiana or West Virginia or Kentucky, Utah. Utah is going to be solid. We know that. But, so this is, this is the way the mainstream media likes to play with the numbers. But the bottom line is, it's, it's not even a fair map when you start off. Because Texas, they don't even have Texas listed as through and through red. It's even pink right now, which I don't necessarily believe. But then again, the Democrats have been trying to flip Texas. So maybe they're doing well in the voter registration. I don't know. But it's California, Washington, Arizona, um, New Mexico, New York, Illinois, 
um, and New Jersey, among others, key states that start Joe Biden off with somewhere in the neighborhood of 180, 190 electoral votes. This is why we can never go to a popular vote, because those two states in particular, New York and California, throw in Illinois, it's over. There's no way we, you'd ever have another Republican president elected here. But be careful when you're looking at the polls. And, and we, we learned this in 2016. If you look at the most recent polls, you've got Reuters, national poll uh, has uh, Biden up by I don't know, double digits now. But when you drill down to a state, a, a crucial state like Florida, be very leery of these polls. It's got Biden up by four points. Uh, the CNBC poll, Biden up by four points. Quinnipiac, Biden up by 11 points. These polls are skewed. They are oversampling Democrats by two, three percent. For example, this Reuters, the latest Reuters poll, about three percent oversampled Democrats. Um, you know why. They're trying to affect the outcome of the poll to affect voter sentiment, to depress, for example, the 65 million people who or more or less who support Donald Trump. The, there are some polls that are closer to fair than others. Uh, and somehow the USA Today Suffolk poll uh, swerved into a, a kind of quasi-fair. And by the way, that one was released just a couple days ago. It reveals a tie uh, in Florida. All the other polls have Biden up 4, 5, 11, 3 points. And then you have this one outlier, the USA Today poll. And if you drill down and you peel back the onion, you see, lo and behold, that the USA Today poll actually has an even amount of Democrats and Republicans. What do you know? So be very, very leery of the polling. But remember, we're in the battle uh, of our lives. And my ledger register is very simply, do you believe the mainstream media's presidential polling? Um, I, I don't believe 99% of them, um, but I'd like to hear what you think. Do you believe the mainstream media's presidential polling? Go to GrahamLedger.com, or you can go to the Zip app on your phone. Zip app, put Ledger in the quick code box, and this question will come up, and that is, do you believe in the mainstream media? Do you believe the mainstream media's presidential polling? It's a crucial question uh, because... We have to play this election cycle, you know, a month left in it, uh, like we're down, like we're in the fourth quarter and we're down. So in a sense, it's OK to believe these polls if it doesn't depress you, if it doesn't depress the voters. It's OK to believe them to motivate you to win. In other words, play like you're an underdog and not the favorite. Fine, whatever. So Biden's the favorite, just like Hillary was. And Trump is the underdog, just like in 2016. That's fine. That's fine. As long as the base stays energized and the independent voters open up their eyes and see the stark difference between the two candidates and what a Biden administration will look like. Because, quite frankly, this constitutional republic, I do not believe, can withstand four years of Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Bernie Sanders at the helm. 
This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, if today you hear his voice, harden not your heart. <laughs>